0: Guys, good evening, all. Uh, this is Moit here, your host on, you know, enriching talks. And today uh, we have one of the, you know, uh, guests with us, uh, Aditi. Aditi doesn't need a lot of introduction. Comes with a lot of strong experiences, background about, you know, around marketing, right? So pleasure to have you, Aditi, right? Lovely, you know, interacting with you. I'm, I'm very sure that you know next 20-25 uh, minutes will be actually enriching for the growth community, right?
1: Thank you so much for having me, Hoga. Looking forward to this discussion.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, uh, think you know, before we get started, right, so just probably, you know, as I asked for, mo- you know, most of our guests, right, uh, a little bit of a background about your journey, you know, how you have traveled and, you know, uh, what exactly, you know, currently, you know, you are getting engaged with.
1: Okay, sure. So, I, I think I should start with the current one and then maybe really, uh, you know, then take you back to where I started, etc. So, now I've been working for, it's my 16th year running in marketing. And my current role is as a consumer and creative strategy head for Coca-Cola, the brand Coca-Cola, not the organization. And uh, that really, you know, involves how do you translate the brand strategy into a consumer strategy? How do you create communication, creative assets, platforms, ideas, uh, build community, which, you know, basically consumers want to interact with the brand. Um, So that's my current uh, remit. I started out, uh, as I mentioned, 16 years back, I started out with Airtel. And at that point in time, digital marketing was very, very niche uh, still, and it was largely an advertising-driven marketing world that I inherited and I kind of uh, walked into. So it started with traditional consumer insights, and it moved to shopper marketing. Then I moved to brand strategy, advertising-led roles, and it's been pretty much that. Um, I changed sectors and industries as I was moving. So then I moved to e-commerce, and I was with Flipkart. And there, it was a lot more digital because the brand is digital and a lot of things in terms of consumer engagement and stickiness on the platform. Uh, how do you get consumers to keep coming back? A lot of those things and those ideas were actually being piloted at that point in time for various categories. Um, so it was that. And then six years were in, again, in the consumer um, durable space. Uh, so I was with mobile phones, first with Micromax, then with Nokia. And again, it was a marketing role there, which involved consumer strategy, media, digital marketing, research, a whole gamut of things uh, that involved, were involved.
0: Yeah, I you know, uh, I think a huge breadth of uh, experiences <laughs> around our multiple uh, sectors. So, you know, let's probably, you know, start one of the point which actually you touched upon uh, the customer engagement sort of stuff, right? So you would have seen the journey across various verticals around that, How you know, how the, the same customer is traveling, right? So... And for the last two years, we have seen that the scenarios around customer engagement is also changing the way, you know, we brands are actually trying to, you know, uh, communicate to the customers to, you know, create more stickiness, right? So where do you see, like, you know, what was happening two years back? Like, you know, what was, what used to work two years back? Today, it may not work. Tomorrow, I'm pretty sure, you know, we need something else, right? So what's your thought around this, Aditi?
1: So, see Mohit, in because I have seen across different industries, I can tell you consumer engagement means very different things in different industries. So, for example, in a in an organization like Coke, we don't have our own assets. We don't like we have a website, but that's more a digital presence website rather than a transacting or a content website. We don't have an app. We sell largely through uh, the offline channel. So, for us, consumer engagement means different. It means how our consumers, how connected consumers are with us on our social handles, how much are they coming back, how much are they engaging, how much they are participating, et cetera, et cetera. So it's probably the, the left spectrum and how everybody else started looking at consumer engagement. But as you kind of move to more digitally focused categories, for example, whether it's a mobile phone or it's the classic example would be a flip card where you want consumers to keep coming back. I think their consumer engagement is a whole new thing because that is very deep you want consumers to keep coming back to your own asset whether it's an app or it's a website you want to give them a rich consumer experience in terms of content you want to give like engage them in in, increase the time that they spend on the platform and give them more and more reasons to keep coming back so uh, there it's it's more it's different because it's very critical to how you build and drive business as well as how much revenue you generate from the same consumer, so it's very different and very evolved in these industries versus, let's say, in an FMCG industry, which doesn't really do much of a business through own uh, IPs and platforms.
0: Great, right? So, if, if I have to take an example, say Flipkart itself, right? And Flipkart is a trendsetter. You know, a lot of people try to you know copy what's the strategy and all those things, right? So, an extended question would be that you know now what Flipkart used to do, you know, say two years back. To keep the consumer you know hooked, right? So I don't think you know only the discounting model will work, used to work, right? So now, what do you think that you know players like Flipkart, what additional stuff they are trying to do, right? To keep this, to keep this you know customers coming back to their platform.
1: Yeah, I think there is a general understanding that there is only that much that you can shop. And again, if you are an e-commerce portal, I mean, you are the entry point to multiple brands, but what do you stand for? And why should, if you don't build a sustainable advantage of differentiated consumer experience, then it will always be like you mentioned, deals and discounts versus width of selection, which anybody will choose an Amazon versus a Flipkart. So all these players are looking at ways in which, you know, the consumer stickiness can go up, people can keep coming back. I remember in 2014, uh, there were a couple of categories that I launched and scaled up. And at that point in time, the problem statement, the larger problem statement was how do we get women consumers to become online shoppers? And uh, I was taking care of two categories, fashion and lifestyle and home and decor, which is again, both the categories were centered around women. And at that point in time, we were saying that one part of it is, of course, the whole thing about coming and shopping, but what what else can we build where which will get consumers back again? So we were trying things like lookbooks. And we were trying things like, uh, you know, this is, let's say, Anushka Sharma's style guide. And, you know, you put together a look, a feel, accessories, etc. So you give them like a visual catalog, uh, you know, ideas to style themselves, ideas to what's trending, what's not trending, what kind of prints, what kind of designs what is in what is out those kind of things to kind of get them in and that those were very early days of consumer engagement and you know getting people back the other thing that we were we had piloted along with big billion day because 2014 was also the year when big billion day was first launched okay. uh, another thing that we had launched uh, when we had, which we had tried and there was a huge focus to shift consumers from website to app for the simple reason that when you are shopping on a desktop on on an on a website you the whole comparison behavior. You can open multiple windows, and the whole comparison behavior is there. But if you're in an app, a you rest there on the on the on the screen of the mobile phone, and b that whole comparison thing doesn't come in. So there is a business reason why you want people to switch to an app and to keep coming back. And at that point in time, things that we were we were trying were. Uh, you know, how can you build more games? How can you build more engagement activities? Uh, How can you, uh, how can you do more, more of push notifications that will keep reminding people, etc. And it's completely evolved in these last seven years, I would say. Now, today, Flipkart has a video section where they are giving good, enriched content, which is both, Own production as well as third party content. There are games that they have launched. Again, these are all ways of getting consumers back. If you look at Amazon, no difference. So while they have Prime, which is a completely paid service, they have also launched something called an Amazon Mini TV, which is an advertising based um, content platform. And again, it has nothing to do with transactions or their core business, if I was to call it e commerce, but it's only to get more and more consumers back onto the platform. To see original content to sample more content and spend more time with the consumers um okay. so i mean it's evolving even netflix is now launching games etc you can download play games swiggy zomato they have all these slot machines and different various kinds of games so everybody is trying to give consumers a reason which is beyond transaction and the best way to do it is through various forms of content whether it's gaming whether it is uh, style guides, whether it is video content. So that's where everybody is because that's where business happens. So you need to get consumer back. So engagement for new age players is very, very tightly tied to business and brand, which is why we see a lot of evolution which has happened.
0: Very nice. Very nicely portrayed here. So I used to always wonder, like, you know, before we actually, you know, started a, a flash around this. Initially, I think Flipkart was the first guy who actually added games and all those things. And later, I think, you know now, if, if you see Mintra, right? So Mintra has a full-blown Mintra studio where they do this like shopping and a lot of these social angle of it, right? So I used to wonder. Many people still wonder today that you know why will a non-transactional stuff, right, should be present on a, a transactional where you know a customer comes with an intention to buy, right? So many of my customers also ask me that you know why will somebody will go and, you know uh, you know watch a, a live stream, right? So what do you think? Like you know where is the disconnect here right so why you know the so currency, is, uh, what you have right what, what is the thing two, which
1: is- two, two things here and very interesting topic that you started so one is live streaming and you mentioned miltra studio amazon has also started a similar program with influencers okay. and the whole approach there they what what we are following and You know, India is following China more when it comes to consumer technology adoption and trends versus the West, because we are also, we have also grown in internet penetration at the back of mobile phones versus the whole desktop and web 1.0 era. Uh, And if you look at uh, Alibaba, which is the big player within China, they have, tasted a lot of success with live streaming and social commerce through influencers. And it's exactly the same model that has been uh, just lifted and shifted here. Now the advantage and I've seen many, many, many of these live streams of influencers because when it first started, I think two or three years back is when Midra started it and now they've scaled it up to a very, uh, you know, they've like, it's become like a regular feature. Uh, You have influencers who are and it's doing, they're doing it for fashion category and they're doing it for beauty category. And it, Imagine versus a salesperson selling you a product in an offline store, you have an influencer who has high credibility, is is an authority on fashion or beauty, who's trying out different things, answering queries live, and also giving you a promo code to kind of buy. Uh, So that just closes the friction between, I like this, but how will it look, will it, will, is the shade right, is the fit right, will it look good, will it not look good, what's the fabric, it, whatever are the barriers to purchasing a high-involvement, touch-and-feel category like fashion and beauty, they're just trying to dissolve those barriers and bring people closer to commerce. So that is one thing which is happening, which is it's a complete business rationale why this is happening. The second bit is all of these players, whether it's, uh, whether it's Amazon, Mintra, Flipkart, They are also big publishers with huge consumers and therefore they have started their own advertising options. And it works typically like how it works for a a Facebook or for a Google. The more consumers you have, the more brands are willing to put in their ads. So they are finding ways in which they can get more and more consumers back onto the platform because then they can sell that as advertising solutions. And they have started selling advertising solutions to other brands who want to reach their consumers. So just like, let's say, as Coca-Cola, I today invest money behind ads on YouTube, on Facebook. I would also want to invest behind ads I'm chasing the consumer. And if the consumer is watching case to banta hai on Amazon, Mini TV, then it's a perfect case for me to go and then advertise there as well. So it's another revenue stream that they're opening via content. Correct, right.
0: correct. Right. So so now if you take an example of say, you know, the D2C industry today, right? And where it has been exponentially growing and it will continue to grow at least for the next five to eight years, till probably we reach some kind of a saturation that we could brand, bachai nahi hai, right? So now they don't come, they don't have, like, as we mentioned, like, so many options, uh, flipkart that, okay, now this is what they can create, right? So they have, so most of my D2C, you know, folks, customers, their whole and sole motive is that have a good product, right? Have a, you know, a good uh, uh, supply line and all those things. And that, that is where they are more focused in, right? So what do you think that, you know, how do a D2C player or someone who's in the growth stage, right? How do they even compete or probably come into the same kind of a zone? Because the same Gen Z customer is actually comparing, you know, the experience at Myntra and then the same experience at any of the good D2C brands, right? So how how do we actually bridge this gap?
1: I think one brand which has done it really well is Sugar Cosmetics because they, they have their own D2C. Uh, platform, I mean a website, uh an app, and then they also sell through all these marketplaces like like, like Nika and um, Mintra and all of that. But if you just go and see the kind of richness of content that happens on their own website versus what happens on a Mintra and other marketplaces, there is it's it is superior and there is a differentiated experience that they are giving. I understand if it's like all of these things are a function of scale at the end of it because content creation, influencer marketing, building the capabilities, these are not like, these are not tactical activities. These are very strategic activities. They involve a lot of money. So there has to be a business case at the end of it. And I think the D2C player needs to evaluate whether they it makes more sense for them to have everything on their platform because then you it's just not content creation, but it's also awareness. So you need to put in a lot of paid media money and you need to get consumers versus a marketplace which already has a lot of consumers uh, and what's the trade-off because there is obviously a cost involved in physical, like a financial cost of being part of a, of a marketplace. Plus it's always compromised visibility because they are putting across thousands of brands. It's not you alone. So I think that's the trade-off that the D2C brand needs to see where it makes more sense to do and then invest in a content strategy.
0: Correct, correct. And mostly I think that has actually given a, a burst to you know startup like us, which is you know focused on mostly en- enabling these D2C folks to have the very similar experience as a plug-in player, right? So hopefully you know uh, it actually gives us a little bit more confidence that hey, you know, there is a problem statement and you are actually walking on the right path, right? So a quick, you know, second question around, you know, say retention, right? So all these things we are talking about is actually about consumer retention, like to create the stickiness. And whenever I've seen speaking to the growth folks, right? So this whole c- customer retention probably is not a very glamorous topic for them, right? So it actually goes back a little bit uh, backseat, and they want to focus on, you know, I have this much of budget, and where I need to focus on, you know, getting more on the funnel. Right. And rather than, okay, no, we'll see this thing that, right, we'll do this thing later. So, what is your thought around this, Sariti?
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, And that's really sad because customer acquisition comes at a cost. uh, But a lot of the players are not looking at a customer lifetime value. When you look and evaluate a customer lifetime value, then you would be forced to think of of interventions that you will do which will retain the consumer because CAT. Is a very tactical metric. Like I pay X, like I today, my CAC is let's say $10, tomorrow I want it to be eight, seven. And but then whether it's a leaky funnel, whether that consumer is ever coming back, how, how are we giving them reasons to come back, etc.? So if the if the brands are to focus on a customer lifetime value and therefore plan their budgets partly for acquisition, but also for giving value through the lifetime, through various retention, service, value features, content initiatives. I think it will make more sense. And I'll tell you, I was in, for my longest time, I was with Airtel and Airtel, it's all about customer lifetime value because right. at those in those days, there was a cost for acquiring a customer, a prepaid connection cost some, costed something, a postpaid connection also costed something, it was not free. Uh, but that we were always having a view of the consumer in terms of a lifetime and saying that if this is a cost at which we acquire the customer, how do we then through various interventions move the customer, upgrade the customer, cross sell more services, more products and always looking at a customer lifetime value. I think that's what is kind of missing. It's become very tactical in saying we'll get this much traffic, this is the cost per sale or acquisition. And people are not thinking about retention, uh, which is where the unit economics, etc. everything is going for a toss
0: correct correct so, so any 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 hacks which you want to share it with you know uh, our d2c friends in terms of because i believe that next next 5 years people will be able to build a sustainable business right where their balance between the cac and the ltv right is is has to be you know maintained for them to you know survive because there are so many brands right every day we are having a brand and and, and surprisingly everyone has very good products not good like you know there are the consumer as an Indian consumer I feel that you know I have the maximum option today for, for, for us to even you know think of something and start shopping right so I think the differentiation would be this that you know how do how do I you know retain my customers on on you know what experience uh, you know I'm able to give right so what could be some playbooks around here Aditi, right if, if they have to follow you know very simple terms,
1: I think it's it's most importantly rather than a playbook, it's a mindset issue. Uh, if we continue to assign budgets for acquisition, and if the KPIs that the marketing team or the growth marketing team holds is of customer acquisition and cost per customer acquisition, then that's what they hold, and they will never think of retention. I mean, there has to be people whose KRA have to be about how to it, like how to get maximum value out of the consumer, and that is not going to happen if you don't give. Differentiated experience, better service, better offers, better content, whatever is that whole thing. So there need to be teams uh, which need to be focused on that. And again, going back, because Airtel is the place where I've seen that happening. There used to be teams who were acquisition teams and then there were huge teams who were uh, who we called usage and retention teams, UNR teams. And their whole KPI was looking at a lot of data and now they're fancy terms like big data and all of that AI. all of those terms have come in but back in 2007 Etl was doing it and they had like 200 million consumers at that point in time paying customers who were on the network so how do you look at that customer data how do you really then channelize and create various segments how do you figure out what are the relevant offers for every segment and how do you then personalize those offerings and keep talking to them in a more meaningful sustained manner so that you are able to not only retain them but actually upgrade them from the lowest paying customer who has probably an RQ of 50 rupees today average revenue per user to then having 65 70 and maybe keep moving and nurturing that customer so
0: great great maybe one one final question around so now you know, i think you are probably you know interacting with you know uh, peers probably domestic you know it's probably connected to the the you know the world economy also here so if you have to list down saying that now uh, these are the top three things where the brands are trying to innovate around you know these you know customer engagement slash retention right so you know so we 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 talked about an example in China you know, which which is on the live streaming part what do you think that and you know, what are the other things which is probably you know you are you are finding it very interesting which you know we could see that you know next six months to one year that things may change any any thoughts around that Arithi? Uh,
1: I think influencer marketing is something that everybody is trying to take a take a dig at. But unfortunately, 95% of brands out there are doing influencer marketing in a very tactical, forgettable way. So you don't get any strategic means. So you have a baseline, you do an influencer marketing campaign, you get a buzz, and then you are back to your baseline. So it's a tactical thing because you've not managed to move your organic baseline after doing an influencer activation. So that is uh, interesting because influencers are really, it's a creator's economy and influencers are commanding huge monies. but I don't think most brands are getting uh, anything more than a tactical buzz and engagement, awareness, whatever be the KPIs, but it's like a blip and then it kind of goes down. So how do you use influencers a little more strategically, which are either tied to your brand or your business objective? So I think that will be one good field, and I think it will mature and it will kind of uh, evolve. So that is one thing that I am very keen about. The other thing, which is the new shiny toy that all marketers are now, at least the big ones are now uh, toying with is the whole metaverse. And how can we give again uh, very personalized brand experiences in the metaverse? Uh, so interesting things happening. They're still very niche. I don't think it's going to become mainstream in one year from now, but definitely in five years from now. That's again, you need to build capability now to be for it to become mainstream in five years. So again, that is something that uh, you know brands are looking at. And I think the third thing is that the era of advertising is long over. Nobody likes seeing ads. Uh, so again how do you have this meaningful consumer engagements whether it's on your platform or off your platform how do you do this whole community building act uh, with your key consumers pull in new consumers i think very few brands have again cracked that and that's again something that a lot of brands are now thinking about how to do so i think those are the two or three things that the industry is focused on
0: very excellent thoughts you know you know it gave me some food for thought as well right that you know how to how to my mind but you know greatly thankful aditi for your time right it was a very very enriching discussion right uh, and i'm i'm very sure the community also would have, would gain something out of it right so thank you once again aditi right it was pleasure having you here
1: thank you same here. yeah sure <laughs>